everybody. Welcome back. I'm Stacey Bellward, the host of the Connected Families podcast. Welcome to our community. We are people committed to pursuing God's grace and truth for ourselves and then daily working to pass that grace and truth onto our children. I'm so glad that you're here. Today is part one of a two-part conversation. I have two moms with me, and we are going to get into the practical realities of what it looks like to learn how to calm ourselves. Then in part two, we're going to talk about supporting our teens, okay? Our teenagers in calming themselves too. Both moms are certified parent coaches with Connected Families, and I'm so grateful that they are willing to share their stories. You know, but first, I want to be sure that you know we are running a discount for a limited time on our newest online course that's called Sensitive and Intense Kids. It's 30% off right now, making it $98 and their scholarships. But if you feel frustrated at where you're at with your parenting, or you felt that your child seems to have extra needs and difficulties, this course is really for you. Louisa is a mom of three. She lives down in Iowa. And she said this, I am just immensely thankful for every part of the Sensitive and Intense Kids online course. It brought encouragement, an action plan, and ideas that last a lifetime. She says the content is clear, detailed, full of examples, explanations, and hope. And she put in caps, so much hope. (laughs) Man, I love that. I love that report from her. Well, you know, I want to get into my conversation today, but tap through to the show notes to our website and get all of the information about this limited time discount and also check out the audio only bonus also that you get right now too. Well, without further ado, I would like to bring my guests on Katie Wetzel. Welcome to the podcast again. Hi, Stacey. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to have you and Julia Roop. Welcome. Thanks, Stacey. I'm so glad to be here. You both are connected families, certified parent coaches. You're like, you're in the family, not just the community, the family. Like you guys are tight and we're just excited to have you here today. I know Katie, even you've been moderating our online courses for the last few years and encouraging so many people. So I bet you a lot of our listeners recognize your name just because of that and maybe the the Q&As that we do in the online course. But today we get to talk about our own parenting journey. And I am so excited to hear from both of you about your journey. And I know that so many people are going to resonate with your stories and what the Lord has done in your hearts and in your lives and in your parenting journey. And I am particularly grateful to bring both of you on because I know that you have very different stories and none of us has the same story. (laughs) So I just want to start our podcast off. You know, we're talking about calming, calming for parents, calming for teens. We're going to get there. But as it always is here at Connected Families, we start with ourselves. What's going on in me? So we're going to start there. But I'd love you to just spend a couple of minutes each and just tell us about your story and and introduce yourself. So why don't we start with Julia? I am a certified parent coach with Connected Families, but I'm also the director of children's ministry at our church. And my husband is the director of worship. So we're both in ministry and we found Connected Families in 2021. 
And unfortunately, it was a very difficult season in our life when we found connected families. We had sent one of our children when they were 14 years old to therapeutic boarding school because we were just at a complete loss at how to deal with behaviors. And we, for years, had been trying to find answers about what was going on, what we needed to do, read tons of books, tried tons of therapies, and really didn't find solutions that were helpful for our family. And so we did something that we never thought would be part of our story, right? In 2020, our child went to therapeutic boarding school. And for that 15 months when they were away, they worked really hard. And I'm proud to say that they graduated a program that's not easy to graduate. And so they had put in their hard work and came home. But we found that within about a month of them being home, we were right back in the same situation. And I don't know if you can imagine, but that was super hard for us because we felt like we had already hit rock bottom. Where else was there to go? And by God's grace, we found out about connected families and got connected and we did some coaching. We realized that where our child had put in the really hard work at changing, we had not known how we needed to change. We were not aware of the ways that our parenting style was actually escalating situations and making it more difficult for my child. And through connected families, (laughs) Stacey, six coaching sessions. At six, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is something we can we can grab onto. This is something we can do. And we had hope. I did, I'm not saying everything changed in six sessions. It didn't. It took a long time to see changes, but we had hope that there was a plan and a way forward for our family. I just have a passion to share that with families, hopefully, that have younger kids and can make those changes so they don't go down the road we did but also with parents that have kids that are teenagers because our son was 15, our daughter was 17, and here we were. And we were able to see through using Connected Families framework that even at that age, we could rebuild a broken relationship. I love that. And I know that you've said, hey, you know, we're still in the middle of our healing story. And so we're just so grateful, Julia, for your ministry and, and your vulnerability to come on because I think there's so many people that resonate with that story. All right, Katie, we would love to hear from you too. Tell us a bit about your parenting journey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know we're going to talk about teens later, but that got me really thinking pretty far back. And I've been thinking about what kind of parent I wanted to be since I was a teen. <laughs> yeah. Since you were a teenager? Is that what you since said? Since I was a teenager, I found, yeah. I recently reread my journal from when I was about 16 or so. And I had this long list of what kind of parent I wanted to be to my child and what I was going to do. And, and honestly, that came because I had a really difficult relationship with my parents, so much so that I actually left home early at 17. So I knew I wanted things to be differently. I was committed to it. I'd written it down. And, you know, years later when I became a mom, it was a little more difficult to do (laughs) than I had imagined. And about eight years into my parenting, when my youngest child was born and my boys were four, six, and eight, I found connected families because not only was it hard for me to do, but I also had this husband (laughs) who I was trying to do it with. And I wanted us to stay on the same page and and the cracks were starting to show. And so connected families was a huge help to help me be the kind of mom I knew I wanted to be, but I didn't know how. And it helped us do it together as husband and wife. 
that was huge. And so that was about nine years ago. So I've had almost a decade of growing and communicating those core messages. You are safe with me. You are loved no matter what. You are calling capable and you're responsible for your life. And my kids have grown in receiving them in that time. And so for us, now that it's been almost 10 years and most of those kids are teenagers, we're seeing the harvest. I mean, we've seen little fruits along the way, but I feel like the teen years for us is that abundant harvest where we're feasting on the really hard and long, but good work we did when they were younger so that it wouldn't all be the same. And, and that's like Julia, that's one thing that drives me in parent coaching is to hold out that hope to other parents who either have young kids or in a hard spot that I know from experience that Galatians 6, 9, let us not grow weary in doing good for at the proper time, we will reap the harvest if we don't give up. The harvest is real and I am seeing it. And more than that, the harvest is so much better than what I've sown. (laughs) As much Mm. as connected families has helped me be intentional, I know how much I failed. And it's sometimes hard to believe that the repair and the do-overs will cover that sin, but the do-overs aren't what recover that sin is God's grace, right? Through the do-overs, his grace to us and his grace to our children. Just like those of you who garden or farm, that measly little seed turns into something much greater. And that's, that's what I'm seeing. That's really good. So, you know, your journey to start to learn the, the foundational messages, the one that you just mentioned, that you are safe with me and The other question that kind of goes along with it, what's going on in me? That's a big question. So Julia, you just really started learning how to ask that. But that's why I'd like us to kind of start in this conversation of what was your journey to learn to answer that question? What's going on in me so that you could communicate to your child that message? You are safe with me. I wonder, Julia, if you would just start there. Yeah, what's going on with me was a new question for me. It's something I had never really found in any other parenting journey, right? Or questions or book. And I realized there was a lot going on in me. And I really had to spend a lot of time looking at thoughts I had that brought a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear. Like, what's going to happen if the, if this kid doesn't get their act together? What's going to happen? They, they can't be this way out in the quote unquote, real world, right? All these thoughts that were bombarding me and just feeling like things were impossible. I couldn't do it. Maybe maybe God made a mistake. Maybe I wasn't the right mom for this child, right? All these thoughts that I started to recognize and realize that I couldn't parent out of that anxiety and fear very well. And so I had to start looking at what was going on in me and replace those thoughts. I had to work really hard it, took, it was a lot of work to replace those thoughts with God's grace and truth. The first thing I did was actually I took from the Discipline That Connects course, a lot of the material and I posted it on my bathroom wall, the gifts got awry, the questions of what's going on in me and the, and the grace-filled truths. And I started to, to really memorize things that the Lord would put on my heart. The next thing I did is I made note cards. I had a stack of note cards that I kept in my car because a lot of times that was where big meltdowns would happen or there'd be a lot of tension and I'd get really discouraged. And I would just 
grab my cards and while I'm driving as safe as I can, read those cards. God has so much compassion for me right now. This struggle does not define my child, right? My child's not giving me a hard time. They're having a hard time. So this, that what's going on in me was just really important work for me to do. We're going to talk about this great PDF that's called Calming Strategies for Parents. And anyone listening, you can tap through to the show notes and we'll have a link there. There's actually 14 strategies, but you just mentioned one of them, Julia, and I love it. And that was recite scripture or memorize a phrase. And you talked about the scripture and the phrases. And the one you just said was, my child is not giving me a hard time. We're having a hard time. What a shift in our belief system. So how did things change? Like when you actually changed your thinking, even with that phrase, how did you show up different? Yeah, I was able to show up with a lot more compassion, especially with that phrase. And I think once the sensitive and intense course came out and I saw the brain science behind that, that he really was having a hard time, his brain was struggling, then I was able to have compassion and see neurologically my child was struggling. And so that brought patience, right? I heard someone say, I think it might even be in the sensitive and intense course that we can't just work up patience, but compassion fuels patience. And it was true for me when I started calming myself and realizing my child was having a hard time, it it grew compassion and patience. Katie, were there any phrases or scripture that you used in your stages of learning to calm and ask that question? what's going on in me that were particularly poignant for you? I mean, the first one that comes to mind was that my child is not my report card. (laughs) Yeah. And, and as I grew in searching my own heart and exploring this, I I began to, to signify my child is not my security. That is my security. I, I recognized that I was wanting my child to change so that I felt more secure and whoa, what a burden for a young kid. And it's not something they were called to do. God has given me so much. He made the whole universe. He is my security. He's the one who can bring me peace. Not this tiny child who's just been on this earth a few years and <laughs> still figuring things out, right? Like once I kind of took the time to really look at what lie of the enemy I was tempted to believe it was ridiculous. You know, it was like, course my child is not my security god is and so it helped me like when i would start to name my feelings and i'd start to realize like i'm angry or i'm scared usually under my anger was feeling out of control <laughs> my child's out of control i feel out of control you know so there was control issues there and when i that i was feeling out of control that i was feeling angry that i was feeling frustrated and i took some space to get curious about where that was coming from, it just, it opened me up to truth. I kind of turned those feelings into questions. And so for me, instead of having statements posted around, I had a list of questions from having coached with Lynn. So I had questions from the workbook and I would go through the questions because I found for me, I had my own gift gone awry. I was very analytical. And so I would push past my own feelings to try to understand my my child, like what's going on and what needs to happen. And that led me to judging my child usually unfairly and 
being quick to try to fix things in ways that just made it worse. So taking that time to name my feelings, understand what was going on in me, explore my own heart, help. I found just giving space for my feelings, my analytical side really brought me freedom there instead of me trying to be the all-knowing God. (laughs) I submitted to the all-knowing God. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because I think so many parents probably push their feelings aside. They don't give themselves permission that I have this emotion or they don't even, they're not even thinking about that. So then there is emotions, isn't there, Julia (laughs) and Katie? There are emotions and they will come out in some way, but we're not really labeling them or understanding them. And so the work that you guys were describing was the work, the taking the seed and putting in the ground of what is going on inside of me, paying attention to what the emotions are and then what the beliefs are. And, and like you said, Kitty, like being shocked, like, wow, why am I even believing that? I think that's, that was really a good point too. And especially because doesn't the enemy want us to believe lies that will kill, steal and destroy both our identity and our relationships and any anything else that he can kill, steal, and destroy. So this work is really important. Yeah. And I, I would say it was a shift for me too, in that I had a lot of education in child development and I had a lot of experience as a nurse with kids. And so I could be calm and think, okay, what's their need? How do I meet it and, and do okay with that? But when I came to Connected Families and this real like foundation work, starting with me instead of just like solely focused on my child, even even in good ways, but taking this time for foundation and the spiritual encouragement through Connected Families, I grew as a child of God through parenting so much more than when I just used good psychology and good techniques. (laughs) So, and that really helped me when things got harder, for sure. Well, and the work is so important because really we're in this block of we've been doing some podcasts around the idea of calming, calming for young kids, calming for teenagers is coming. We're going to talk about that calming for parents, because if we haven't done that work and really identified what are the emotions, what are the beliefs that I have, then we have our own eruptions, don't we? It's hard to parent our kids because when we parent out of anxiety or stress or anxiety, you know, all of these, all these emotions, then things aren't so pretty. Can we just say that? So I wonder, like, (laughs) Julia, let me, I don't know, can I get personal with you? What has parenting from anxiety or fear before you did this work? What did that look like? For me, it looked like having to solve something right now. I couldn't let it go. If something came up that was negative behavior, I had to deal with it right, right then. I had to call it out. I had to lecture. I had to, to make sure that my child understood why that was not okay, right? And those usually escalated the problem. They didn't usually help the problem. I also wanted to add that, you know, I was challenged out of Hebrews 12, where it, got, where it talks about God's discipline of us. God doesn't discipline out of fear, anxiety, embarrassment, shame, anger, He always disciplines, if you read the passage, for our good, for us. And so if we don't take care of our emotions, then what happens is we end up disciplining from our own needs, from our own emotions, instead of for the benefit of what our children need in that moment. I was really challenged 
by that. And so that's what helped me be dedicated to doing this work, this, this what's going on in me work so that I was making sure I wasn't bringing my baggage, my emotions, my stories and fears into the, the discipline situation to where I was really not even looking at my child. I was looking at myself and what I needed. Which is where wisdom just goes out the door, doesn't it? Because now we're all in our frontal lobe. We're all in the the big high emotion of it all. And, you know, we actually recently had this meme on Facebook and Instagram, social media that we posted. And here's what it said. Anger is excellent for identifying a problem, but calm thinking is excellent for solving it. So we're getting to the why of this whole podcast, right? We're talking about calming for parents. Why? Mm -hmm. Why do we need to work on calming for parents? It's because we really need to be calm to have the brain space to be able to go to the Lord and say, okay, what's going on in me? And then how can I grow wisdom in my kids in this moment? How can I come alongside them? Like in Hebrews, you just talked about, Julia, the Lord comes alongside me to discipline me for my benefit. That's what we want. We don't want to be parenting out of reactions because the reactions are not always so great. And for me, they were often quite controlling, kind of like you, you know, you mentioned, Julia, you had to fix it real quick. Yeah. That to me, it maybe had more of a controlling, like I better change the way this is coming out. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about the brain science too. Like, why do I need to calm down first? Why can't I just tell them and they just do it? And, you know, especially young kids, but it's true for everybody to a degree, but, you know, young kids uh, don't have that frontal lobe development. So you talked about getting stuck in our frontal lobe. It's also really getting stuck in our limbic system where we can't get to our frontal lobe. Thank you, nurse Katie. Thank yeah, you. I heard it and I was like, I'll get to it. Yeah, she's the nurse <laughs> practitioner. Yeah, yeah. So our kids, their limbic system develops sooner and more quickly than that reasoning part of their brain and the regulating part of their brain. It kind of finishes developing even around like 10 or 11 in that range where their frontal lobe is just steady on through like mid twenties. So it's, they need a lot of help with what to do with all their emotions. (laughs) And if we get overwhelmed by our own emotions, then the, then the pathway to our reasoning brain literally shuts down because now we're in survival mode. And so if our kid is not running into a busy street, if they are just not putting away their laundry or they've left their toys out, (laughs) we need to be able to access our reasoning brain, right? Because it's not an emergency. And our kids, they are, are made to bond with us and look to us to tell them when this is an emergency or not, right? And so studies have shown that like mothers and child, their heart rate will sync up and their pupil size will sync up. And it goes both ways. If my baby's stressed, I'm feeling the stress. And if I'm feeling the stress, my baby's feeling the stress. And so that could be an endless cycle if we don't ask, what's going on in me? Is this an emergency? Why, if it's not, why does it feel like one? And what do I need to do? What do I need to, what's true? What do I need to do right now to tell my brain, this is not an emergency. I need to look at this differently and be thoughtful and intentional. And that will help our children learn when to freak out and when not. (laughs) And that takes a while, but it starts with us discerning when to freak out and when not. 
and we can freak out if our kids are in the road. That right? Yes, like, please do. <laughs> that would be the appropriate time. Yes. <laughs> hey, everybody, is this episode helpful for you in your parenting? Will you share it with a friend? You could even do that right now as you listen. And if you have another minute, please rate and review. It's so great and helpful. Thank you. All right, Katie and Julia, this has been a wonderful conversation. I just love how practical we're getting. Like we're getting down to like, this is what it's really like <laughs> for parents to walk through the process of growing in what's going on in me. I wonder if there's some other strategies that you used to help you calm Especially, you know, Katie, think back, Julia, a few years. What were some useful strategies? Julia, maybe you could name one. Yeah, I think on your on that list you're referring to, the 14 strategies, one of them is check your face, right? And I had to really start working on that. One of my kids would often say, are you angry at me? They would ask that over and over. And I started to realize that my face wasn't communicating what I wanted to communicate. So I had to work at like lifting my eyebrows or when they walk in the door, just putting a smile on my face, even so much so that my child would say, why are you smiling at me? And I would just say, I just love you. I love you. So I've worked on getting eye contact and making sure I'm smiling. I remember that too. I remember when my middle schoolers were like, why are you mad? It seems like you're mad all the time. And then I check myself again. What's going on in me? I want to defend. I am not. <laughs> nope. Right. And I worked on that too. I think for me, it was calm face. That was the phrase. And I would like smack my cheeks. And, you know, another one of the tips on the sheet is tell your kids what you're working on. And I remember telling my kids that I am working on calm face. And I would say to them, how is it? Check my face. Is it angry or calm? Like, what do you think? <laughs> and I kind of made it a lighthearted game where they could give me feedback. How about That's you, Katie? So I wish that I had heard that when my kids were younger because my kids said that for so long, right? And I didn't even think about changing my face. I was like you, I was defensive and I started in on a, in an argument with them instead of just really hearing what they're saying. Wow, I, I must be communicating something I'm not trying to, right? Yeah, no, that's a great segue into what I was going to talk about, which was being proactive, which means, yes, I'm going to engage with my kids and, and aim to learn with them, but including listening, <laughs> listening to what they say about how they're interpreting our experience, what's what's going on in me and listening to how they're interpreting their own experience of what's going on in them. And, you know, kids are making connections their brains are wired to learn and they are naturally we say egocentric so really focused on themselves because they're figuring themselves out they're laying the foundation of their identity and so they tend to interpret things as about them and so it's really helpful to let my kids know that that wasn't about you that was about me you know i think kind of going through this hard time and I think that's why I, I came across rudely and that was wrong. You didn't deserve that, and but it wasn't even about you. And giving them some freedom and, and some insight into sometimes you don't, not only do you not deserve it, but it, it really wasn't because of you and to give them some freedom from interpreting it as about them. So I like doing that proactively, learning about our emotions and where they come from and how to understand them and, uh, 
Connected Families has given me a lot of great tools with that. I was telling Stacy earlier about the paper plate activity. I was part of the beta group that tested that with my kids, and it was really fun for me to learn with them. And the sensitive and intense course has a lot of great things too. There's, you know, activities where the parent does them first before you invite your kid into doing it. And it was really helpful for me <laughs> before we even yeah. got to my child. And so learning together, that's, I think the proactive part is mutually beneficial. Um, but I'll just share one quick story about my son. So that can be outside the moment, but it also can be in reflection, which is one of my favorites. And so I was talking to him about the changes. Man, we've really grown, haven't we? Do you notice me responding differently? What do you think about that? And he said, yeah, it's our relationship is getting better and it, because I'm less annoying now. And I was like, oh, no, buddy, that's not why. And I kind of put a pin in it, bought a little time. You know, I said something and then I came back to it later. And I said, I think what you're referring to is that you're getting more mature. And that's true. And I'm glad for you. And and I do enjoy that you're getting more mature, but mostly because I know you enjoy getting mature. I said, but me learning how to love you better is because I'm learning how to be loved better. I'm learning how to believe and receive the way God has loved me. And that is helping me show you his love better. And so it was a really great conversation just by bringing it up and reflecting and like, what are you thinking about? And he, again, like I said, it thought it was him that he was less annoying, <laughs> but no, it's my chance to glorify God and point him to God that God is, is what transforms the way we love each other. I love those conversations that we have with our kids and the work that you were able to do to reframe his thinking is just such a powerful place of influence. And I know that there's many parents out there that are like, I don't have those conversations with my kids or my teenagers. Yeah. And I would just like to speak to that. Like still there's modeling that we can do about what's going on inside of us. We can say, this is what I'm learning about the emotion I experienced today, or even the do-overs, Katie, that you mentioned earlier, like coming back and just apologizing for the way that I showed up. I, I reacted too quickly and maybe out of my own worry or anxiety. And I, I want to work on that. And I want to get better at that. There's so much learning and reframing for our kids as we do that work for ourselves, because the way we show up really matters. And uh, I see you nodding, Julia. Do you have thoughts? I just, I completely agree. The way we show up matters so much. I was also going to mention just that buying time is is something else that's helped, right? Like, I used to think, and I had said it just a few minutes ago, that I had to fix it now. I had to solve it now. I had to stop it now. And just realizing, okay, I, I have time. I don't have to deal with this right now. I can go and, and pray and take a breath and look at what's going on in me so that I can deal with it with wisdom. So buying time was a big way that I calmed myself and still calm myself. Mm -hmm. Julie, I can remember the day we found a prohibited cell phone like it had been taken away and it was that happens in your house too <laughs> more my kids are big but I can remember we found it underneath the bed whoa I had to take 24 hours not just an hour to step back 
and to pray, okay, Lord, like I am not going to react out of all the negative tapes that are in my mind <laughs> and all the judgments and all the things, Lord, I want your perspective. And I want to be able to come in communicating you are safe with me. You are loved no matter what. You're called a capable and you're responsible, the whole framework. And it took me a while to really pray and talk with my husband and think through that. But all that we talked about today in this podcast was the groundwork for being able to move through that process actually even faster because I had been practicing it. So I see you're nodding about that too. And, and we all have teenagers. And so I can't wait to get to part two of this conversation. Part one has been all the work we've done to calm ourselves as parents, because part two of this episode is going to be about our teenagers, but we really couldn't talk about calming for our teenagers until we talked about calming for ourselves, could we? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. You know, one thing I'd throw out there coming from the medical background is one of the sayings we have is a, a ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, you know, and just taking the time to give space for this intention is buying you so much repair. <laughs> yeah, right. So much fixing later on. And uh, it's all worthy, whether you're in the prevention or the cure phase, it's all worthy work. Well, we've mentioned quite a few of the strategies. I don't know, five or six of the 14 that are on the Calming Strategies for Parents PDF that's available to all of you. Tap through to our show notes and you can get that free resource that we've been referring to today. But Katie and Julia, can we come back next time and keep going and talk about calming for our teenagers? Would that be okay? Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. Awesome. Thanks for tuning in today, friends. We are a listener-supported organization. Over 50,000 parents like you listen to this podcast every month. Individual donations make the work to equip and encourage families possible. For more information about Connected Families, follow us on Instagram or Facebook or go to connectedfamilies.org. I will see you next time.